Thank you for listening to the Alan Wright Sermons Podcast. I'm his son, Matthew, and we have been splitting up the sermons every other week at our house church that my wife and I host on our farm. If you're interested in joining us, check out wrightfarmhousechurch.com. Enjoy today's lesson. All right, so today let's talk about Paul's letter to uh, the Corinthians, specifically 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I think we're all familiar with 1 Corinthians chapter 13. But 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is Paul's written definition of love. Um, So how should Christians be known in our society? How should people be able to identify us as as those who follow Jesus? Um, Should it be because we wear Christian t-shirts, hashtag blessed? Or maybe we wear uh, Christian jewelry, like, like crosses or, or around our neck. Or should it be because of politics, as if all Christians should vote for the same particular party, maybe? Or maybe, uh, maybe you should, should be able to tell who a Christian is because of Christian bumper stickers, um, because they have a little fish, you know, right here. They have a little fish on the back of their car, or they just have a sign that says, I am a Christian little fish. Um, years ago, Francis Schaeffer, some of you may be familiar with the author, Francis Schaeffer, he wrote a book called The Mark of a Christian, right here. And, and in that book, he builds on Jesus' tradition that the mark of a Christian is love. Christians should be known by our love for other people, love for those inside the church and, and love for those outside the church. Um, love for our neighbor and love for our enemy, Jesus teaches. When one of the teachers of the law came up and asked Jesus what the greatest commandment was, he responded, he responded by saying the greatest commandment here in this, in this passage, the greatest commandment is to love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And the second is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said that the fully formed follower of Christ is one who loves God and one who loves others. And 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is Paul's famous chapter, right? It's a famous chapter on love. And today, I'm going to do something. I'm going to rescue 1 Corinthians chapter 13 from the wedding ceremony. Because, okay, so you go to a wedding, and oftentimes there's a scripture reading at the wedding. And if you're a betting person, if you had to put money on it, you'd, you'd be smart to bet that that scripture... Uh, that that scripture will be read in 1 Corinthians chapter two, chapter 13. Now, that's not always, obviously that's not always the case, but it is pretty often, and that's appropriate because this chapter is, is a beautiful description of love. But the interesting thing um, is that when Paul wrote this chapter, he was not at all thinking about marriage. Marriage has nothing to do with the context of chapter 13. When Paul wrote this chapter, he was... He was writing it to a church who was really struggling, right? They'd been arguing and they had these internal arguments and debates about the leaders that they followed. Um, right here it says some, some, some of them would say, I follow Paul. And they said it, they said it that way in, in a way that made it sound like they were better people because they followed Paul. And others said, no, I follow Apollos. Who was, he was a, one of the other Christian teachers. And some said, I follow Peter. 
And then there was the really spiritual people who, who can out-spiritualize the, the rest of us. And they said, well, I follow Christ. It's kind of a, it's a version of my ministry is better than your ministry or my church is better than your church or my teacher is better than your teachers, what they were doing here. But this church in Corinth, it, they also struggled with pride. They were very impressed with themselves. They thought that they were wise. They thought that they were smart. Um, they were very impressed with what they knew. But more so, they were very impressed with their spiritual gifts. They thought that the spiritual gifts that God had given them made them better Christians than others. Um, they thought that the spiritual gifts that God had given them made them a better church than, than others. But Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and says that without love, none of this other stuff matters. Um, love is more important than what church you go to or how much theology you know or who your favorite preacher is. Paul starts the chapter this way here in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Verse 1 says, If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. Paul says, look, if I speak in heavenly language but I don't, ha but I don't love other people well, it doesn't matter. There, there, there was a false idol, a goddess that was worshipped in this particular area that this Corinthian church was in. And uh, one of the things that they did in their pagan goddess worship is that they would bang this kind of big gong or a cymbal. So Paul might have been referring to that here in this, in this scripture. He is saying that I can speak in the language that angels speak in, but if I don't love people, then all my worship is like a noisy pagan worship. Verse 2 says, If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith, if I have a faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. Paul says, Even if I know all the secret mysteries, even if I can totally explain God's sovereignty, with, with complete understanding. Even if I can totally explain God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit somehow working together in this, in this thing that we like to call the Trinity, even if I could explain all of that, but if I don't, have, if I don't love other people, then I'm nothing. Uh, moving on, verse 3 says, If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Paul says you can serve you can give everything you have away. You can be known for all the sacrifices that, um, that, you, that you make in your life. But if you don't have love, then none of that matters. What, what Paul is saying here is that love is primary to the Christian's life. He's not saying that knowledge or spiritual gifts or service or sacrifice are unimportant. That's not what he's saying. He's just saying that they're unimportant without love. They're unimportant if they are done to exalt our own name. They are unimportant if they're done out of a love for ourselves. And then Paul gets really practical because he goes on to describe what love is, what it is, and what it isn't. The kind of love that Paul is talking about is not, it's not vague and it's not nebulous. It's very specific and it's concrete. It's not a feeling. It's an action. Uh, for, okay, so starting in, in verse 4, it says, Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. 
It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. In 1 John uh, chapter 3, verse 18, John says, Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. This is direct, and it's to the point, and it is important. Love characterized by uh, Christians is displayed in our actions. It's not displayed in our emotions, our feelings, words, or speech. The Apostle John, like Paul here, he knows that we are too quick to assume that we are loving people. Um, we're all too quick to say, yes, I'm all for love, right? But then when it gets down to what love really looks like, what it really looks like in our lives, it gets really, really difficult. Um, love always costs us something. To love in actions and in truth will always cost you something. There's always a sacrifice involved. It might be time and it might be money. It might be emotional investment into someone. It, it might be setting aside our agenda. Love always costs us something. What if we challenged ourselves? Okay, we're going to look at this here. What if we challenged ourselves to put our name in the place of love in, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13? Could we say it was true of us? Matthew is patient. Matthew is kind. Matthew does not envy. Matthew does not boast. Matthew is not proud. Matthew does not dishonor others. Matthew is not self-seeking. Matthew is not easily angered. Is that, is that really true of us as we, as we read all that with our name in the place of the word love in that scripture? I know I failed to live that perfectly. But don't we want it to be true? Um, as Christians, we certainly should want it to be true. When I read 1 Corinthians chapter 13, with this, with this description of love, there's something compelling about it and something that I so desperately want to be true of my life. Don't you? So I would encourage us to read through this chapter this week with fresh eyes and ask ourselves, am I displaying Christian love to others? Not the world's version of love, which tolerates all kinds of evil. And, it, and, and they call that love. That's not love. Uh, am I displaying the characteristics of this chapter, in chapter 13, in my life? And, and maybe by God's grace, we will become people who love God, who love our neighbor, and who even love our enemy. Thank you for listening to the Alan Wright Sermons podcast. We hope you'll join us next time. God bless you and have a wonderful week.